0: Would you look in the 17th verse of that second chapter of the book of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, just look on the screen. Here's what it says. When they had seen him, speaking of Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now look at that. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. Now, as I begin to look at this, as I begin to look at this passage, uh, I begin to see some things in there, and I'm going to talk about that. Here's what we know. Certain activities fit certain period of the year. Uh, You know, when, when you start talking about holly and mistletoe and trees and parties and gifts and all that, your mind definitely goes to what? Christmas, right? But again, as I said earlier, once Christmas is over... What now? What is it that we do from this point on? So, in the text that I read to you today, I think that there are four things that these shepherds did. That over the next few minutes that I want to share with you that I think are appropriate in our lives. And that if we would apply them to our lives, we would see what it is that God wants us to do as well. The first one is found in the 17th verse. Would you look there? Here's what it said. When they had seen Jesus, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. The number one thing that we see them doing is, is that they spread the word. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had something just wonderful happen in your life? Some of you we need to pray for. Amen. Let me ask you this. How many of you are saved? All right. Well, that's a a lot of us. Uh, That's a pretty wonderful thing, right? How many of you, let me, let me do it this way, how many of you know that if you had a child who was getting ready to enter into college and, and they had chosen, um, you know, one of those cheap schools that cost about $40,000 a year, you know what I'm talking about, uh, you know, they didn't want to the, didn't go to the state school, they didn't want to go uh, in Tennessee, they didn't want to go to the junior college where they can go for free for two years, they wanted to, why you all looking at me like that? They wanted to go to one of these, you know, elite schools, and, and you, you didn't have the money, they didn't have the money, and all of a sudden, the registrar's office calls and says, hey, we've got good news for you, your child's tuition is paid. How many of you believe you'd spread the word? Right? Now, now I, Sherry and I can bear witness of that. Our, our daughter went to uh, Oral Roberts University, which is one of the most expensive schools in America. And uh, the first semester she went, uh, we, we were paying. And we, had eno- we literally had enough to pay for the first semester. The second semester, I was in the offices when I was pastoring in Adamsville before we came here. I was in the office, and Sherry called crying. Now, it's never a good thing when Sherry calls me crying. And as soon as she's, I hear her crying, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong this time? Where did I mess up now? Right. And, and she starts telling me, she said, we just got in the mail today from Oral Roberts University that Ashley's tuition is paid 100% from this point on. Well, I, I want to tell you, that's been years ago, but as you can tell, I'm still spreading news I'm still telling of what happened. Why? Because it, it made a difference in our world. It made a difference in our life that our child was going to be able to graduate from college without having a debt load, without having student loans, without all those things. She was able to enter into the workforce and, and to do that without being hampered. I want to tell you, that's good stuff. And, and that's, that's why the Lord came to us. Now, it's interesting as you, as you read that passage. The Bible says that Jesus, uh, was, his birth was announced to shepherds. Uh, and, and we kind of get the picture of shepherds. You know, we, we kind of think of the last little children's play that we went to and saw, you know, all the kiddies coming up and they had on the bath robes and carrying the sticks, right? Uh, but, but let me talk to you a minute about shepherds. Shepherds in that society basically were the lowest of the low. They were outcasts. Nobody wanted to hang out with shepherds. They smelled like sheep. You didn't want to be around them. Uh, You know, it just just was not a pretty picture. Uh, And on that night, God tells shepherds that the Messiah has been born. You know, it wasn't the likely way to win the world. These were not men of influence. These were not men of, of, you know, great renown or intellect. These were men that pretty much nobody wanted to have anything to do with. Kind of like some of us. Aren't you glad that the Bible lets you know that God is not impressed with your wisdom, with your knowledge, with your wealth? The Bible says the lofty and the high things. That, that, that God, God's not, what God is, and, and here's, here's the good news, is that God is willing to come to the lowliest of us. And to say, I care about you. Wherever we are in the spectrum of life, wherever we are going through, whatever is happening, the Lord's ways are not our ways. He shows up to shepherds and says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to spread the word. Now, here's what we find. There's some fear there. And I think it's understandable. You know, after the initial fear, they respond in faith. How many of you have noticed in Scripture, have you ever had somebody tell you this? Some of you have heard me say this. Have you ever had somebody say to you, man, I'd I'd like to see an angel. Anybody? I'd like to see an angel. I don't want to see an angel. You say, Pastor, I want to see an angel. Do you know what I find in Scripture time and time again when an angel shows up? Two words, fear not. Man, i got enough fear to deal with. I don't need something else freaking me out. Fear or not, and that's that, you know, the angels show up, don't be afraid, guys. And and so they have to kind of deal with their fear, uh, but then they they come to faith, and that's like a lot of us. Can can you remember, those of you who made that commitment to Christ, in in that moment when the conviction of the Holy Spirit was touching you, and and you were going, man, should I give my life, and and, and should I not, and and you're kind of struggling with that, and you've got this fear of, I I don't know if I'm going to be good enough, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, I I know myself, I'm going to fail and all this, but then your faith steps in. And your faith says, you know what? With God's help, I can do this. With God's help, I'm able to do this. See, here's here's what happened with these guys. They believed the angels, and they went to see Jesus. You and I have got to come to that same place where we believe what God says, and then we run to Jesus, and it's in that moment that Jesus changes our life. And the great thing about this is, as you read that verse there, it it lets us know that everywhere they went, they're, they're telling everybody the news about Jesus. You and I are called. Listen, I want to tell you something. I believe that more people would get saved if Christians were more excited about Jesus. Amen. 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 I mean, if if you just went out and said, I just got something to tell you, Jesus Christ has revolutionized my life. He has changed me. See, here's our problem. How many of you ever have gotten into a discussion about religion that turned into an argument? Ever had that happen? You start off now. Let me say this to you: in this congregation, or in one of our campuses that be watching today, uh, we we've got people. You you name a background, you name a, a, a denominational background. We've we've come from that. We've got you know we've got Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, Pentecostal, Church of God, Church of God in Christ, Church of God Holiness, Church of God that only God knows about. I mean. there's a plethora of ideas and if if we want to we could start arguing over little fine points of doctrine and say well this is what I believe and this is what I believe in this and I'm not saying that doctrinal truth is not important and not relevant it is Uh, but but here's what I found see if you come to that place of saying you know what here's what I want to tell you I don't have all the answers but here's what I want to tell you I know that once I was lost and now I'm found Once my life was a mess, and since I came to Christ, He has taken my life, and things are coming back together. In that moment, all of the arguments, all the doctrinal things begin to fall out in fact that's what these guys did they simply told what they had heard and what they had seen they they just said here here's here's what we heard the angel showed up and then we went and we saw this baby that's all we're called to do do you realize that as a believer as a christian all that you are called to do is to be a witness amen you know what a witness does a witness doesn't get up there and say guilty right You ever ever been around those Christians? Come on. Well, I can't believe it. Did you see what they did? Did you see? (laughs) That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to be a witness. My responsibility is to tell what I have seen and what I have heard. My responsibility before the Lord is to go forward and to tell others what He has done in my life. I can do the same thing every day that these men did. It's the middle of the night, the angel choir shows up, they see the baby Jesus in a manger, and everywhere they go they are telling people, here is what we saw and here is what we heard. But look in the 18th verse. Verse number 18 is the second thing. It says, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The second thing is, is that they were amazed. Not only are the people who listen to it amazed, the shepherds are amazed. Why? Well, I mean, think about it for a minute. Uh, It's in the middle of the night. Angels are showing up. Uh, Babies are in a manger. Uh, That's all pretty amazing stuff. That's awesome stuff. And and here's what I want to say to us today. We're 2,000 years removed from this moment. But if you could put yourself back there in that day and in that time, it would be a pretty amazing thing. We have heard the story time and time again. Most of us have grown up in church and, and gone to classes and, and, and from the time of a child even have heard about the baby born in a manger. But think about it for a moment. God became man. If that's not amazing, I don't know what is. Amazing. What God has done for you and what God's done for me in all of our life, what is it that God's done? It's Amazing. We used to sing it, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. You know what? That's amazing. It's amazing that God would come down and choose you, that he would choose me. It's amazing what God does day in and day out in our life. It's amazing that this baby who was born in a manger, what he was going to do. The book of Isaiah prophesying of this baby that was going to be born. The 52nd chapter, it says this, My servant will make nations worthy to worship me. Kings will be silent as they bow in wonder. They will see and think about things they have never seen or thought about before. That baby who was born in that manger changed humanity forever even kings the the word of god lets us know that uh several months after the birth of jesus that wise men from the east showed up and and uh you know we've got that whole story so messed up we've always got them at the manger and we got three of them and right and then we sing songs about we three kings of orient for carrying gifts we travel you know we, we got all that stuff but the bible doesn't say it was three kings and they sure didn't come to a manger they came to a house. Months later, after Jesus, is now, you know, a few months old. But when they get there, that, that scripture is fulfilled that I just read to you. They get there and these magi or these kings begin to worship him. And we all know the story that the Bible says that they brought, brought before him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we say, oh, isn't that wonderful? They brought him gifts. But you know what? When I began to study this, what I found is this, is that each of these represent who Jesus is was and who he is the gold represents a king the gold is what you would bring as a gift for a king well the bible says he is the king of kings and the lord of lords the frankincense that they brought to him was what was used by the priest it was a priestly uh, frankincense was used in in the day-to-day ritual of the temple and the word of god says that jesus became our high priest And that he ascended into the heavenly and he he took the blood and sprinkled it in the heavenly temple. And that because of that, that you and I now have direct access into the throne of God because Jesus Christ is our priest. In fact, one one passage of Scripture says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for you. The last one, though, is myrrh. And myrrh is not something that we know much about in our society. But myrrh was used in, in the preparation of someone when they died. It was used as a sweet smell, but it was also used as a preservative. And the Word of God lets us know that even in His birth, there is the foreshadowing of His death. And so we see that the gold is about His kingship. We understand that the frankincense is about His priestly, high priestly duties. But the myrrh represents that He is our Savior. He is the one who gave his life so that you and I could have life and we could have it more abundantly. How could it be that God became man? But he did. And if God became man, then how can we ignore who He is and what He has done. And so in this moment today, even as we're looking forward into the next year and what's going to be happening, we need to take a moment as these men and women did in this society of that day and say, you know what, this is, is an amazing thing that has happened. It is amazing what God has done. Look in verse, uh, the next verse there, verse number 19 says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her The third thing that these men did that I think that we ought to do is that they they were thinking about this. They thought about it. They put their mind to it. Mary thinks about it in this moment. I mean, the the word treasured there is is like when you count up things to make sure you got everything. You know, if you got more than like three kids, you start counting. Right? How many of you have been called every name but your name? You've been called every brother's name, every sister's name in the family and they finally just go, hey, you, come here. Right? That's, that's kind of. And, and, and this whole treasure thing that Mary is doing here is like counting those things and making sure that nothing is left out. I believe with all my heart that on many occasions, not just in this moment, but I believe in many occasions in Mary's life, that she treasures, she thinks, she ponders those things. Can you imagine a little teenage girl who an angel appears to says, you're going to have a baby? Don't you think there are moments that she looks back and goes, man, I wish that angel had given me a little more insight. I wish he'd told me a few more things. And then Joseph. I mean, can you imagine that Joseph is also thinking about all the things that God had done and how God had spoken to him in a dream and said, don't be afraid to take Mary because this which is born in her is of the Holy Spirit. Think about what God's done in your life. This child's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to be in a stable. I wonder if there were moments in Mary's life when she said, I wonder why God chose me. Have you ever asked that question? I mean, of all the billions of people upon this planet, why did God choose you to live where you live to be able to experience what you have experienced and to hear the Word of God week in and week out. Why did He choose you? And so often we kind of get in such a hurry that we miss out on taking time to ponder and to think about what God's done. In fact, let me just ask you a question today, and as you kind of close out the year, what, what would it be if over the next two or three days here, you took time just to sit down and to come up with a top ten list of the things God did for you in 2014? You say, oh, Pastor, Martin, it's, it's been a rough year. You know what I found, and I talked about it a little bit last week. All of us go through seasons, but here's what I found. Overall, life's pretty good. I mean, you still are breathing today. You're still on this side of the dirt today. That's pretty good stuff, right? I mean, God's been good. Did I get everything I wanted? Somebody asked me all the time. I said, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And, and I, 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 it was honestly, I, I really, I didn't get everything I wanted. I didn't really want anything. I got everything I need. I really do. I've got I am so blessed. I am highly favored of the Lord. You say you're bragging? Yeah, I'm bragging on my Lord. I'm bragging on my Savior for what He has done and the good things that He has given into my life. What 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 would happen if you just took time? And and and, and i I just give you some, some little pointers. I'll, I'll move quickly through this. Kind of put the major theme of the year down. What, what's, what's the theme been? For some of you, it may have been transition. For others of you, it may have been a new, new job, or, or maybe you got married in 2014. Just, just what's that major theme? And then begin to look for a pattern. You know, if, if you've been depressed and oppressed and repressed and unpressed for the... <laughs> For the last five years, there's a pattern here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's figure out what it is, and, and, and let's, let's get on up and move on out and figure out how to get there. The third thing I would say to you is, was God the focus? Was God the focus in 2014? Or would we have to say, man, you know, God was one of those things. I had somebody stop me in the, after the first service and said, well, preacher, said I was here the first Sunday of the year, and I'm here the last Sunday of the year. I said, yeah, but it's been that in-between time I've been wondering about. All right? Has has God been the focus of our year? And then lastly, let's do this. Why don't we ask him for insights for 2015? Why don't we say, God, as we begin to go into this year, it's a brand new year. We're, We're headed there. What is it that you want to happen in our lives? What is it that you want us to accomplish? Here's, here's what I've learned. As you close out one year, the next year shows up with all kind of anticipation, all kind of wonder. But I promise you, you're gonna have challenges. You're gonna go through some tough times. You say, Pastor, I thought you were a faith man. I am I got faith you're gonna go through some tough times (laughs) you're in this world the Word of God says in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer Jesus said I've overcome the world it's gonna happen but you know what the great thing is is that I know in whom I have believed and I know that he is able to keep that which I've committed against that day. Amen? So, so let, me, let me give you the last one. Look at verse 20. The fourth thing is found here. It says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. All right? So here's, here's the last thing we need to do and the last thing they did. We, we need to go about praising God. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about what we did in here for 20 minutes today. I mean, that's part of it. But, but the Word of God lets us know how we live life. What we say, the words, our action is what brings glory and praise to God. See, here's, here's what I know about these shepherds. They were changed by their encounter. I guarantee you, it doesn't matter how young or how old they were, from that day forward, they were always talking about that night. I mean, you, you couldn't get around them. You know, 10 years later, they're sitting around the fire saying, y'all remember that night? And they go, yeah, we were there too. Don't tell it again. But, but it, it's, it's something that happens to us, and, and it's, it's that... that coming to a place that they would never be the same. Listen, you came into contact with Jesus Christ. I promise you, you'll never be the same. You say, oh, I got saved as a kid preacher, and, and, you know, it, it wasn't anything. And let me tell you something. You may turn it off. You may walk away from it. You may pretend it didn't happen. But I want you to know once you have encountered the lord jesus christ you're never going to be the same you can't get away from it he's always going to be there calling you beckoning to you saying i'm here i'm ready i want you the word of god lets us know that once we come in a relationship with jesus christ that no man nobody can take us out of his hand that we are in that place today Where we have to make a decision, and that is this. Are we going to be changed by Christmas? Will Christmas change us? You say, Yeah, man, I can't wait. I'm going to put that Christmas tree up in the attic, and I'm not going to think about Christmas again for 11 months and 29 days. You know what? It's not about the trees not about the presents it's not about all the turkey you ate it's about Jesus it's all about Jesus and what happens to us sometimes is is that we get caught up in life and 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 you you know I I look at these guys and I think man you you know the next morning guess what they were doing they were back outside on the hillside with sheep the work was the same but they were never going to be the same When you come into into contact with Jesus Christ, the next morning you're going to get up, you're still going to be working at the same place you were working at. You're still going to be married, hallelujah, to the same person you were married to before you got saved. And some of you say, I should have chose better. That's not my problem. (laughs) You're still going to have the same amount of kids that you had before you went to bed that night but you're never going to be the same. Everything else around you seems to be not moving, but something has happened inside of you. And so here's what I see, and here's what I want to challenge us with as we close out this series and as we enter into a new day and into a new year. Number one is this. Proclaim the good news that Jesus has come. It's what they did. Everywhere they went, they were telling people, do you know what? There are people in your life that I'll never meet. You say, well, if Pastor, you're on television. You've got all these campuses and all these things. Yeah, but there are people that you interact with on a daily basis that will never hear me preach. But they'll listen to you. Because they know that your life was once this, and not that it's perfect, but they see the transition and the change that God has done. So let's go forth proclaiming the good news. Number two, we need to keep a sense of wonder at God's amazing plan. We we ought to step back and go, why did God choose me? Of all the people, because see, here's what I know. I stand on this stage week after week, and I've been doing it now for a long time. A lot of years doing what I'm doing. And I look at my life and I go, why me? Well, you were a pastor's kid. Your parents were missionaries. You were born in Africa and all this. Yeah, all those things. But why me? Because see, I know what's in me. Some of it's really good. But there's some of it that's not good. And don't come asking me what it is. (laughs) Because I'm not telling you. There's stuff. I'm just like you. There's good things and there's not so good things. There's this war that goes on and at times the flesh wins and at times the spirit wins. Now look at my life and I'm amazed that God would use somebody like me, week in and week out, to proclaim the glorious truth of what He's done. And as you look at your life, it's amazing that He'd use you, but He will. Thirdly, we need to learn to ponder the works of God, like Mary did. She treasured those things, thought about those things. We've got to come to that place where where sometimes we need to shut off the television, and we, we, we really need to learn how to shut these stupid things off. Lay down the cell phone. I read something recently that said that we if you have a smartphone, you look at it at the average of 54 times a day. And some of you are way beyond average. Sometimes we've got to push out the noise. Get rid of the stuff. Do what the Quakers and the Puritans used to talk about. Come to that place of quietness in our spirit and just meditate on the works of God. Look what he's done. Look how he's blessed you. Look at his grace that has come to you. And last, and I close, the fourth thing that we need to do as we leave Christmas and enter a new year is we need to glorify God daily daily every day of our life we need to glorify god day in and day out whatever's happening lord let my life glorify you